Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L-Series tractor is the number one selling compact tractor in the U.S. for over 10 years. Powerful Kubota diesel engine, ease of operation, and your choice of a Kubota gear or HST transmission. The durable Kubota L-Series. Talk to your local Kubota dealer today to schedule a demo. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Mason Tractor Co. Four convenient Kubota locations. On the web at MasonTractor.com. On another exciting entry of Animation Deliberation, you know we've been talking plenty lately about James Gunn, but this week it's time to talk about The Hired Gun. right after these ads we have no control over. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. That was a weird voice crack that I know is going to come through interesting on the recording there, but that doesn't matter because we are the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously, as you could tell by the laughter out of all of us here on the <laughs> other end. I am Andrew Rogers. And I am Jay Scotty St. Clair. And, uh, you know, Zuhair, he got caught up in all of the traffic outside of the city. You know, all of these protesters for Endeavor and the heroes, they're, they're going to cause some problems getting to the studio sometimes. Ooh, so, you know, yeah, yeah it, it stinks. But, you know, we still have the two of us here to team up this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we just got done recording an episode on the latest episode of uh, Bad Batch. And we talked a little bit about quantum medium, quantum mania there. But your whole... <laughs> voice cracking with welcome back just made me think of how they used welcome back cotter in that movie the welcome back welcome back welcome back welcome back your voice will crack anyway that shows what kind of mood i'm in right now uh we're in a silly goofy mood and that's good because my hero continues to be great but continues to be dark like it is mm. hard to find the positives in these episodes aside from you know the occasional one-liner that will get out of hawks or all Might, or you know in this case pork cutlets because that's not a spoiler <laughs> it's just a great scene that i loved yeah um <laughs> yeah no it's it's a lot of you know big things going on in that mm. universe yeah yeah we have you know we've got some feedback and news to address as well but as a kind of like non-spoiler um preamble here that's that's kind of a great point like it hadn't really resonated with me until now but yeah this episode was kind of few and far between with the lighthearted moments yeah it was it was a pretty heavy episode and um the last few ones have been 
just that. So yeah, great, great call out there. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I honestly kind of jumped the gun huh? um, <laughs> because I completely forgot about the news and the feedback because I was so jazzed to talk about pork cutlets. But before we do that, <laughs> as always, we're just going to jump in with a little bit of animation news coming from the anime side of the world. Sure. Uh, the first one kind of teeters on the edge of anime. Um, sometimes these characters are animated in a more anime style, sometimes uh, more reminiscent of other styles. But one of my favorite musicians and musical groups out there are the Gorillas. And I didn't even know a Gorillas movie was in the works, but apparently a Gorillas movie was in the works with Netflix. And we learned just a couple of days ago that amid the Netflix animation purge, Gorillas frontman Damon Albarn shared with us that that movie has been canceled. So it's tough not to I, I i can't be too upset because i just found out about it but it is like oh we could have got that and now it's not happening like that's a shame so okay i let you take this piece of news because i thought you knew something about the gorillas movie because i too was a hundred percent in the dark until we got this piece of news and mm-hmm. it it is that weird i'm missing out on something i didn't know i wanted because their music videos and their music is fantastic and so much fun and those gorillas characters that i'm assuming you know most people have seen that album cover whether they realize they have seen it or not um with the four panel gorillas and i'm just Mm -hmm. like that art style in an animated universe could have been so much fun with music all the way throughout like it just would have been great yeah, I, I believe the album artwork you're referring to is from Demon Days. That's kind of like that iconic one where they're in the four sectors there. But um, I have to imagine that this news and Damon Albarn kind of being in headlines comes because uh, the Gorillas just released an album this week, uh, Cracker Island. I haven't had the opportunity to listen to it, any of it yet, but I am definitely excited to do so because, like I said, they've been one of my favorite artists. I mean, their early stuff is definitely, you know, the most prolific and whatnot, but Plastic Beach has always had like a special place in my heart. That's one of those few albums that I will listen to from beginning to end, anytime, anywhere. But this yeah, is a no, music that, podcast. This is not a music podcast, but it could be because I will <laughs> say I did um, listen to at least the first few songs of the album. Oh, cool. And right it, yeah, it's just another great Gorillaz hit. Um it's cool. just it, it's got that you know funky side to it so i'm all all on board or i was all on board with the idea of a movie even though that's no longer happening <laughs> mm-hmm. but on the note of things that are happening we're going to talk about the good news <laughs> and just a reminder to all of our listeners that the schedule is going to get real busy because next week uh demon slayer the entertainment district arc coming to a close and the swordsmith village arc beginning all in theaters is premiering on uh march the 3rd that's this upcoming friday at the time of listening and i mean honestly we're all excited for it do you have tickets yet jay scotty because i know zuhair and i both have tickets i haven't got my tickets yet but i will very very soon and uh, hopefully this joke is not in poor taste, but apparently, you know, theaters are going to have to put out that uh, warning that they sometimes do at the front of the theater. Uh, you know, epilep- epileptic viewers may need caution because this movie is going to be very flashy. 
<laughs> I was trying so hard to figure out where you were going with that. And it was the, the 11th second. I was like, ah, there it is. <laughs> uh, uh, forgive me. Forgive me. I can't. No, it, it's going to be so flashy and so over the top. And I'm so ready to see our boy Uzui get his shining moment on the big screen. He couldn't let Rengoku be the only flashy one to come to the theaters. He had to mm-hmm. step up and make his appearance. So that is going to be great for all of you out there. If you, for some reason, are listening to this and have not watched Demon Slayer, uh, go and immediately burn through as much of Demon Slayer as you can and support this. I will remind all of the listeners, though, this is not the start of the season. Uh, that will be in April, I believe, is when we have confirmed that the anime actually begins. But this is the first episode will be in theaters for a month until we get that first episode. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the Sword Village arc, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think it's a Swordsmith Village. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you were that just missing more that sense, just last little part. <laughs> just swords just everywhere in that village. Just swords. Proceed no, with caution. <laughs> we get our boy Haganazuka to come back. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanjiro about how his sword <laughs> is going to be broken. And I mean, I know some things about what that man is going to be for this season. So I'm very excited mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to see all of that in its glory on the big screen. But, you know, we come from the happy high note to the unhappy high note as well. Um, Attack on Titan Final season part three, part one uh, is premiering a day later on the fourth. So that is a one hour special that we will also be attempting to cover. I say unhappy note because it's just going to be traumatic after the Mm. way that this last season or last part of the last season ended. Wow, this is getting confusing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's going to be a lot. And we just want to let you know, A, this is all going on listeners and B, we're going to cover as much as possible, but My Hero is still happening. The Bad Batch is still happening. All of this is happening. Vox Machina has been happening in the background this whole time, and I know we've mm-hmm. been having a great time with that. So there's a lot of time and coverage, and we love you, and thank you for tuning in every week to listen to the ramblings that we have to say about these shows. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I don't know if I have too much more to say about that, but again, it is, like you said, it's kind of bittersweet, not only because of like the place that the story is taking us but also the fact that this final season has been going on as long as it has so hopefully (laughs) we start to get some definitive answers and the end is in sight but uh we will we will know we'll have some ideas hopefully um not too long from now so Yes, not too long. And, you know, those are all of the things we have to say about these things going on. But we did have a listener that had some more things to say about some more things going on. So I'm going to jump into the feedback segment of our uh, podcast here. We had an email come in this week from Andre Sparks, and he sent this to our email, animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. If you want your thoughts heard, you can also send in any of your email thoughts or voice recordings on any of the things we're covering or otherwise, because Andre came in and said, hey guys, I don't know if you watched it and talked about this already, but I just gotta say they did it again. The Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special was great. Great cameos, jokes, and real life references. James Gunn was smart to keep that show. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Keep up the good work, Andre Sparks. Yeah, we we talked about this Valentine's special coming up. As soon as it was announced, we mentioned it. And then as we got closer to it, we we mentioned it again. But it kind of snuck up on me with this glut of content that we have right now. But I, I did watch it. And, you know, it 
it does what it did what Harley Quinn does best. It's like, oh, you like that raunchy humor? You think we upped the ante in the last season? Let's just take it, turn the dial, turn the dial up to eleven. And um, I did, you know, <laughs> I can't even like say it without just like laughing because it's so ridiculous. But the fact that uh, you know, scene stealer Bane got so got to play such a big part no pun intended there was uh, <laughs> was pretty hilarious so. <laughs> oh no uh now i have not had a chance to watch this because oh, okay. i have been very busy lately and monica doesn't watch the harley quinn animated series and i okay. have not had a, a any enough time to myself to sit down and watch it okay. because with her not watching the show, I know I can't just sit down and explain what she's about to watch. I know this is okay. one of those, like I kind of have to do it behind closed doors where no one can judge <laughs> what's about to happen because like everything I've seen from it, I remember from that first trailer, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a doozy. So I'm uh, excited, but I'm, I need to mentally prepare myself for everything that's going to happen. And your glowing reviews, you know, get me excited for it. But yeah. even still, I know it's going to be a lot. Is it a half hour special? Is it a hour long I, special? What did they do I with think, that? I think it clocked in right around 45 minutes. Okay, so technically yeah. it actually is a special. It's a little longer than that usual 24 minute slot. So correct. We'll take yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully I wasn't too spoilery with my reaction. I feel like I set you up to do your thing behind closed doors that might be most appropriate <laughs> but uh yeah yeah i think you'll have you'll have a good time with it at least some laughs maybe uh, some shock and awe as well but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's harley quinn for you how red in the face we are laughing about this right now is just a great show of you know how interesting this is going to be mm-hmm, uh. mm-hmm. all right well uh I did want to mention uh, TJ Stafford sent in some feedback as well. TJ, I saw your feedback, but it was uh, Sword Art Online specific. So we will wait until Sue Hare is back in the fold and can address that and speak to that uh, better than either of us can. And then um, as we pivot to the My Hero Academia coverage, I did just want to, you know, mention a couple of things that I started watching. Some of these animes have been mentioned on the show. Sue Hare mentioned how he started watching Bofuri which I believe the subtitle is, I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defense. I watched the first season, and, you know, it's it's very cute. Um, I think that's, okay. that's what I'll say about it. I don't know how invested I am, but it was, you know, an enjoyable enough watch that I kept coming back as a gamer. It had a, not, a lot of nice references to that, but it's just very, very uh, cute. And What's um, it's escaping me right now, but there's that um, Japanese terminology for when something's, you know, just very cute and kind of innocent, like kawaii, kawaii. Yes, it's yeah, it's (laughs) kawaii in a nutshell. That's that's exactly what the series is. Um, So I watched that and then I started watching. I think I'm like maybe six or seven episodes into that time I got reincarnated as a slime. And just the title alone drew me into that one. So. Uh, uh, have fun with that one. That's a lot of fun. I, I know I've watched a couple episodes of it with a friend, so I don't know okay. where they actually fall in the whole spectrum of the schedule of episodes, but it's sure. one of those that I'm like, okay, I have to go back and do this at some point. But yeah, there's just been so much content. I don't, I don't personally have anything new to talk about, but I will give a shout out to um, source pages because I haven't been watching a lot of anime because I've been taking a reading break to get myself ready they are doing a entire collective 
I don't know over how long of a period of the Secret Wars Marvel mm. Comics run, which is like 100 comics long or something like that. So Ooh. they are doing that. If you guys are interested, they are going to, I'm sure, do a great job. But I have already been getting my wheels spinning on like, OK, how quickly can I start reading some of these comics? Because behind the scenes, I have access to their schedule. So I was just like, "Ooh, what's coming up? And I saw that and was like, oh, this is going to be fun to read through. So that's uh, that's been my break. And I wanted to give them their due diligence shout out. But, you know, enough talk about other shows. Why don't we talk about my hero? Let's get into it. Yes. So. We are discussing Season 6, Episode 20, Hired Gun. Deku saves a tall mutant woman being attacked by panicking civilians who believe she's a villain and has All Might escort her to safety. While surveying the city with All for One users, with THE All for One users, he thinks back to during the conversation with the vestiges when the first user, Yoichi, requests the second and third users' help in assisting Deku. They reveal they were from an era where All for One was at his peak of power and part of the resistance fighting against him and are unable to agree with Deku's idealistic beliefs. However, Yoichi reminds them that they had saved him from All for One's capture rather than killing him like they were originally going to do. And that was what allowed All for One to grow in the first place. They eventually are convinced to follow alongside him. Later, after taking care of some thieves, Endeavor is lambasted by protesting civilians over his failures and for continuing to keep secrets. Endeavor, Hawks, and Best Genus proceed to discuss All for One's plan, believing he intends to completely hijack Shigaraki's body before pursuing Deku, and surmising he requires Shigaraki's hatred to steal one for all because he lacks any. Just then, Deku's GPS goes out, while All Might's car is attacked by a smoke bomb. It turns out his phone was sniped by a former Public Safety Commission pro-hero, Lady Nagant, one of the Tartarist escapees sent by All for One to capture Deku. She uses her quirk, Rifle, to shoot at him from afar, causing him to swing around the city and attempt to evade and defend. Lady Nagant is accompanied by Overhaul, who she had rescued from Tartarus, telling him to hide. A flashback shows that Nagant reluctantly agreed to All for One's request, learning about Deku's overt idealism about hero society and accept payment in the form of a second quirk, Airwalk. All right. I don't know about you, but uh, when I was in middle school, there was a brand of shoes called Airwalk that was like the knockoff brand for like vans and stuff like that. So I had a couple of pairs of Airwalks. I just had to to mention that. But that's such a weird memory to come out of nowhere. I was like, why does Airwalks <laughs> sound familiar? And you saying that, it was just like, oh my God, yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I will say, yeah. I'm upset the synopsis did not mention the cutlet. That was the pivotal point of the episode <laughs> in my head. And there was no mention. He's like, oh, just found a woman that's a villain and gave him to All Might. Yeah. And then All Might gave him pork cutlets. We need to talk about this. This was important. It gives him energy. <laughs> I'm glad you bring up the pork cutlets again because it's something that I kind of wanted to talk about at, at the beginning before we get too serious. And that's um, when All Might handed him that lunch bag or lunch box, it had little rabbits and carrots were the design yes. on there. And they kind of reminded me of like na- My Neighborhood Totoro. So the whole scene Ooh. being in the rain, Deku offering his umbrella and the sound design of that rain was like it was doing something for me. I'm a pluviophile, which means, you know, the, the sound of rain does something for me. I find it very euphoric and it sounded great. But, yeah, that whole scene reminded me of my neighborhood Totoro. And then it just seems like I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it really seems like My Hero Academia is embracing this whole year of the rabbit between Mirko, the mutant girl looking like a combination of a rabbit and a shark 
and Deku's whole get up being very rabbit reminiscent. I've found, found myself being like, okay, we are definitely in the year of the rabbit here. Yeah. It's, I mean, I have to assume it's coincidence because the manga has existed, but I love the fact that you can point it out because of the fact that they have leaned into it. There's been plenty of promo art that came out around the Lunar New Year of Mm -hmm. Mirko and of Deku in his full bunny ears outfit. So like, it's great that they can have fun with these characters. And like you said, lean into the year of the rabbit, because I didn't even think of that. I was expecting that it was little rabbits because I was wondering if it was like from his mom and mm. like his mom cooked it and gave it to All Might. I was like, here, can, ah. you, can you give this to him? Like in my head, mm. I was that was my head cannon was like, oh, she's got cute little rabbit things for him. And that's why maybe he's got the rabbit ears, not just for All Might's hair, but also because his mom likes rabbits. Or I was <laughs> okay. just making things up in my head. I had a whole story yeah. put together of like where these pork cutlets came from. I joked that I was excited. And apparently I was really excited about these pork cutlets. <laughs> like I didn't know that coming in and sitting down for this recording. But here I am. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, I took the por- pork cutlets at face value, but I, I love the backstory you wove in there, especially knowing that his mom has like fully been brought in the fold and like they've been completely transparent with her. Uh, I, I like that a lot that she's that supportive of, of Deku and uh, contributing to the care that All Might is providing to him. I really hope so, because I have loved this like All Might as a mentor part of it where he's driving around the city concerned for him but like the fact that he's finally getting to at least do some semblance of heroism alongside for lack of a better term his hero Mm -hmm. is awesome like we didn't outside of the movies we've never seen Deku alongside All Might in any capacity out in the field you know we've seen it at UA but this is his first time where he's getting to go out and do all of this knowing that he has backup in the form of All Might. Even if All Might isn't fighting, he's still supporting him in all of these different ways. And I have loved getting to see that and seeing the concern that All All Might has for him. As much as it's sad that he's concerned, it makes me very happy that he's, you know, actually taking care of him like he promised his mom. Yeah, and on, on that note, thinking about All Might and him being in the field with Deku, I know in the synopsis it mentioned how uh, All Might's car was kind of like taken out. But did we, I, I watched the episode when it came out on Saturday and I started a rewatch, but I wasn't able to finish it by the time we started recording. So did we have any resolution about what All Might's fate was or we kind of left wondering? Because I, I believe we're left wondering. We, we are left wondering. Okay. I really, I would be so upset if this is the way All Might goes out because sure. like, we need him to go out fighting. We can't just have yeah. like a, a simple smoke bomb be the thing that, you know, tips this whole world in, into conundrum because you know, when that happens, things are going to go down. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to be more pleased because give us caring all might for a little while. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think he's, he's down for the count. I, I just wonder like what kind of state he's in and, uh, where where we'll kind of go from there? I I think they'll give him this significant amount of screen time. Like I don't don't get me wrong, I don't even want it to happen. But if and when it does have to happen, I'm sure it will be given its due diligence, and it won't be something that happens off screen or anything like that. But uh, just had to to bring it up that his fate was at this point in time unknown. Correct. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I I feel like with the episode titled "Hired Gun," like they really saved the reveal of like Lady Nagant 
um, and her capability and her threat there till the end of the episode. But one of the developments that I really, really enjoyed and was kind of waiting for was the second and third users there and finding out what exactly their deal was. And um, I, I I really enjoyed that part of the story because it felt kind of like awkward to me that like when we were in this world of the vestiges that there were like, you know, two young men, grown men, but young men kind of like looking like they were in time out. It's just like, what, <laughs> yes. is, what is the deal here? What's going on? So to figure out what their hangup was and to see them come full circle. And like when we had that lineup where um, Deku was there enjoying his food and they're like, Hey kid, we're accelerating now. Like, and you get to see the full lineup of the vestiges. Like that was empowering. That was like, okay, let's go. Yes. Yeah. That was an awesome scene. I will say we didn't really get the resolution of why they were in timeout. Like I know it was because <laughs> I know it was because they didn't want to be a part of that conversation. They weren't ready yeah. to, you know, deal with the idealism, but it felt like they were put there, not they put themselves there. Like, why sure. didn't they just leave the room or why didn't they tip over their chairs or, you know, some other mm-hmm. weird way? It, it felt very specific, but that could perhaps be part of the Japanese culture that I'm not familiar with. That it's, sure. you know, totally fair. turning your back on someone that might have a bigger significance to them than it does to us. Sure. But that was the one thing I was like, we're really not going to find out why they were on equidistant sides of the room, both facing the wall heads down. Like it felt very pointed as to why they were standing there specifically. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's more. And also we never found out what their quirks were. Did we? Uh, No, I don't think we have. I think the gentleman with the red hair, with the facial scar, it looks like he had some kind of like cannon mounted to one arm. So I don't know if that's just a piece of equipment he uses or if that's his quirk, but the, the other one with the, gray or white hair that's uh tied back in a ponytail i don't think we know his quirk at all so i'm i'm definitely yeah looking forward to figuring out what exactly their quirks are and i also you know while we did um get some significant development in terms of their story i really do hope we get to see more of that because i don't even know which one's the second user and which one's the third user at this point i would assume that the redheaded one the fact that he didn't have a, a facial scar when he met yoichi and he was right. the kind of, he was the one that put his hand out. I would assume that he's the second user, and he maybe passed away earlier on and passed it on to the other gentleman. But I I don't know for certain. I hope we get those answers though. Yeah, it was very interesting, and I definitely want to find out more because of the fact that they were like actively not just alive, but like the same age as mm-hmm. Yoichi. Like they broke him out of prison, and they looked relatively the same. Whereas we have all of these other users that it seems very much like they were never using the power at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had mention from All Might, oh, after I pass the power on to you, my power has been diminishing. So Mm -hmm. what did it do when it was split between three of them at the same time? Like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of layers to this question. And I really want to know more about what was presumably the war against All for One. Right. That led to this continuous passing as opposed to, you know, only the generals have this power. You know, how did we get there? There's a lot of questions that they left strategically unanswered. And I'm very, very intrigued because, yeah, like I said, or like you said, rather, that scene with all of them lined up. I'm like, I don't know very much about any of the previous quirk users. And I'm so on board with all of them being here to support Deku. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, apart from that, I mean, I I do want to get to Lady Nagant because she was badass and she feels like she's presenting a very palpable threat. Um, I do want to make mention of the fact that we do have, you know, in addition to All Might being the one supporting Deku there in the field, we really see this team up of Endeavor, Hawks, and Best Genus as well really coming to fruition. Like, it's just cool to see how they all work together but there's still like this undercurrent the story of like just the disillusion disillusionment with heroes in the public eye and uh everyone taking advantage of it civilians you know trying to do their own thing and uh, all the escapees coming out of the woodwork and just being so brazen with their attacks and endeavor kind of being at the center of it and like taking it all and like taking the brunt of it and like really you know, I think he's on a, a, a redemption arc. Like he, when he takes out that villain, they say like, this is all your fault. He says, yes, that's exactly why I'm here is because it's my fault. So really enjoying um, that continuing thread as small as like the spat, the smatterings of that are uh, just had to, to bring it up. Yeah, I know. I really like it. I don't want to call it a redemption arc because he's very much in my opinion, a little bit too far gone to be truly redeemed. It Mm. feels more like, you know, carrying his burdens and being like, I did this, I have to live with this for the rest of my life. And he's going to be this stand-up character of, you know what, throw the things at me. I deserve this. I'm just here to help you. And that's my penance and, you know, I have to live with this forever. I really like that. I am just amazed at how many people seem to be anti-hero. Like we haven't seen anyone positive to the hero cause or to the hero cause. Mm -hmm. We've only seen all of these people negative. And I, you know, it is a chicken and an egg situation of if we didn't have heroes, would the villains exist? But if the villains existed and we didn't have heroes, how much worse would that situation have been? It's obviously being escalated by Dobby coming out and saying, hey, this villain specifically exists because the number one hero made me. That's, you know, going to ruffle a lot of feathers. But I'm really wondering if by the end of maybe not this season, but after this arc kind of starts to evolve more, are we going to see hero supporters coming back out and saying, hey, we have to trust these guys because they're still the ones keeping us safe at the end of the day. Yeah, that's that's a great take on this whole conversation. It really kind of like brings it back to to me to that age old question of like, you know, taking it back to Batman and the Joker, like would the Joker exist without Batman? And, you know, it really goes you could boil it down to like what is human nature? And like that's a a very philosophical, you know, conundrum or or conversation you can have. But I, I my kind of take on it is like where power exists and and you know, someone can be stronger than another person. I think human nature in terms of being, you know, um, motivated by self-interest and survival, I think more often than not that people will take advantage of people that they can. So that's where the heroes come into play by foregoing that survival instinct and being protective of another outside of their own self-interest. But then, yes, once the hero steps up, it just escalates everything gets escalated from that point. And that's where you go from having, you know, regular attackers and defenders to having superheroes and supervillains and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's a conversation all into itself, but I do appreciate you 
bringing that into the, into the fold. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because ringing in my head as we have this conversation is the great scene from uh, Captain America Civil War where Vision says, since Mr. Stark's appearance as Iron Man, the number Mm. of uh, world ending threats has increased exponentially. It's a great example of like, hey, if we didn't start this, where would it be? But on the flip side, heroes are heavily regulated in the My Hero Academia universe. You have to have a license. You have to pass the exams. You have to, you know, go through all of these things. And then if you break the law, you're still a criminal. I'm going to use this as our little bit of a bridge to talk about Lady Nagant. She was a hero. Like, that was legitimately what she was doing. And then apparently, we don't know all of it, but killed another hero. And that was what put her in prison. I don't think that inherently makes her a supervillain by any extent of the terms, but she has just changed her worldview and suddenly now, okay, we have to switch and you're not a hero. You're now a villain. So how else can we regulate this? How else can we make sure that we're keeping people safe? So they're still trying to continue and escalate and change that. Maybe that's what we're going to see is an endeavor changes more of the rules of like, okay, we need to have heavier licensing or something along those lines. But it's a perfect example of, Hey, this was a hero that we are now not considering a hero anymore. Mm -hmm. It can happen. Yeah. And that whole notion of like speaking about, you know, the disillusionment with heroes and the fact that like, that is kind of lady Nagant's backstory there. Like something took place to where she became disillusioned with the very role she was serving. And like, that's where I'm, I really hope that she's not like a one-off villain. Like she's not just here for a few episodes to present this threat because she's a great threat, but that concept alone is just so fascinating. And I really would like to see how she went from being a hero to becoming disillusioned to where she's at now, where she's a hired gun. It's the episode titles. Like she's doing this because she was given payment in the form of another quirk. And maybe, you know, it could be the fact that it's just all for one doing this, where if she doesn't do what he wants, he has the ability to just decimate her. So maybe she's doing it from a survival instinct, but just her interactions with Deku and kind of the confidence she has about herself and like, Oh, like I, I miss like, this is the first time somebody has been able to dodge like, two shots in quick succession. There's an air of pride about the work that she's doing there that I find really fascinating. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that she'll be here for the long run and we can really sink our teeth into like who she is and how she operates as a character, because I'm really impressed with what they've set up so far. Yeah. And I think overhaul being in this episode may be a testament that, you know, no villain is going to ever disappear. There's always going to be more story to tell around these, but Mm -hmm. you're right. I want to know, is it similar to Stain's story arc that she finally realized, you know, we're idolizing these heroes and that's not okay. And that was her disillusionment. Or did something crazy happen? Because there is the interesting note. I think they said she was a public safety commission pro hero. Does that mean she was, does that mean she was part of like the weird program that Hawks was a part of? And, you know, very, you know, ingrained in the society and then suddenly saw the bigger picture of what was going on and was like oh i don't actually like this whereas hawks number one goal was to like that and to become the next endeavor so i would love to see the duality of what this commission actually has done to create these heroes but she is mm. so so interesting and her power is phenomenal having this you know 
I, I don't, what did they call it? Was it organic gun or something like that? Or I think her quirk was just rifle. <laughs> the quirk is rifle, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But just like the unfolding of the arm, the bullet yeah. goes in the palm and the bullet is made of her hair. It mm-hmm. reminded me of a cross of, you know, several different characters, all of which I love. Um, one of which is Ikago from Hunter Hunter. They are a octopus monster thing ant technically there's a lot of weird things happening in that show (laughs) but they can turn their tentacles into a gun and shoot off these pellets Mm. and it just hit me with that mixed with mercy graves from dc comics oh nice you know always having like a gun arm of some kind to defend lex luthor and i was just like you're getting this like very practical okay you have a gun arm mixed with the organic well you can curve bullets because you've made them yourself and it's just this amalgamation of, I don't know how you beat this character. Like, this is going to be a lot. If it wasn't Deku, I don't know who is who would be able to actually, you know, go toe-to-toe with Lady Nagant. So I think it's going to be an amazing fight, as well as just amazing powers across the board, even without Airwalk. Yeah, yeah, she definitely seems kind of OP in the fact that not only does she have this rifle built into her arm with incredible range, but she, just by manipulating her hair, she can create whatever kind of bullets she wants, including like hollowed out bullets or these curving bullets. So I love the call out to Mercy Graves because I hadn't quite made that connection, but I, I did love that, that there was kind of like almost this body horror element associated with the character. It kind of reminded me of like Robocop in some ways with it being like a meld between, you know, an organic person and and this like, robotic aspect to it too but the curving bullets reminded me of wanted it was like a 2006 <laughs> movie with uh james mcavoy and angelina jolie morgan freeman but it, it it was actually based on a graphic novel so the comic book roots are all coming full circle there so yeah i love that all i could think of is the Mistbusters episode where they were trying desperately to curve <laughs> a bullet just non-stop but yeah. yeah it's such a cool power and then having uh, now I'm not going to be able to remember the hero that is a teacher who uses guns. Uh, the, I, that was I a think snipe was in his name, but I, I don't know for sure. It might be. Like, yeah. um, for lack of our knowledge, snipe is what I'm going to call him here. That was an amazing way to deliver exposition. Like I love the idea that we know Deku's been a fanboy. He saw this interview with him so long ago and it's stuck in his brain of, oh, wait, there was this hero that is now a villain that is Lady Nagan. And oh, yeah, when Hawks mentions it, he probably knew who this person was, and what their quirk was and was ready to come up with a plan to defend. I thought it was just an awesome way to show, hey, this is what's going on, because it's very hard to just put into word or put in a visual medium, hey, the hair is bullets and they can curve and blah, blah, blah. So actually, like, talking it all out was honestly great to me. I didn't think it was too much by any extent of the term. I know some people prefer action over words. I don't think this was too much. I think this was that perfect amount of we have the explanation. Now we get to see it in action. Yeah, I I agree. I, I didn't feel like it was taking me out of it at all. And I like I kind of said at the top, like, I feel like the threat she presented was just being set up. And I think we're going to really see it pay off in the next episode. And I'm hoping that it really her The threat she presents is, is kind of like um, really tests, puts Deku to his limits. And we actually have to maybe see him use all of his quirks, including these two new quirks that we haven't seen on display. Hopefully we get to see them in action. And like he has to give it his all in order to be able to just survive much less defeat this this 
villain in, in Lady Nagant. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed what we got thoroughly. I didn't feel taken out of it, and I'm really excited for the next episode. For sure. And I think even if we don't get to see all the quirks, one of my other favorite things about this episode was previously, I didn't love danger sense. I was like, okay, what are you really Mm. doing with this whole, you know, I can sense danger. This is a perfect situation that without danger sense, he even said in the episode, I'd be done for. So Mm, yeah, I loved getting this showcase. And I, I agree. I want it to be a showcase of as many quirks as possible uh fighting in this battle and i i hope it's going to be as grand as we want it to be because it's going to be one amazing time even if hawks and all of endeavor and them don't show up but if they do show up we also get to see hawks use baby wings and really fight (laughs) this one out (laughs) i want my baby back baby back baby back baby back baby back baby back ribs (laughs) oh that's ribs not wings i don't know it made me think of that whatever (laughs) The old the, Chili's uh, commercial. The, the hour is late. so The hour uh, is nigh and it is upon us. But um, <laughs> that's really all that I had to say about this episode. Was there anything else you wanted to hit on? No, I think I got everything I wanted to, to say out there. So um, I open it up to our listeners. Please let us know what you thought about the episode. Uh, hit us up with some feedback. You can do that at animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com as well as a few other places. And those other places are our social media platforms. You could follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Animation Deliberation, or on Twitter at Animation Delib One, as well as one of the easiest and best ways to support us is leaving a five-star rating and review on uh, iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you're using. It is honestly the best and easiest way, like we said. And we love hearing anything from you, no matter where it's coming from. So if you could figure out a way to send a carrier pigeon, by all means. Um, (laughs) But it's always great to hear from any of you about any of the things going on. I concur. So uh, thanks as always for listening and keep tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. And as always, stay whelmed, B plus ultra, and muscle muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 
Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. 